It is the Man Cave Football Podcast. I am your host, Dan Casper, as always. I hate fucking intros. I, I, I just I, Nothing sounds good whenever I do an intro. Alright, so if it, if it sounds plain and generic, it's because I freaking hate doing intros. So, alright, I'm off my soapbox to, to, to get it started there, but... I don't never know what to say in my intros. I never know what to say. Podcast, radio, everything. Never know what to say. But thank you for listening to that little mini rant. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Man Cave Football Podcast. Two weeks into the NFL season right now. Uh, getting set for week three. Some good games coming up in week three too, right? You got, uh, got the Monday Nighter. Baltimore versus Kansas City, maybe an early preview of the AFC Championship. Uh, Sunday Night Football, Packers, Saints. So we got some good matchups here, but let's take a look back at Week 2. And when you think of Week 2, you, you think of injuries, right? I mean, you, you think of the injuries and all those injuries to some big-name players, some big-time injuries, ACLs and that. You know, Bosa, uh, you know, comes to mind. San Francisco getting beat up, too. We're going to talk about the NFC West here uh, in just a little bit. But it's one of those where week two, I know a lot of people were, were kind of wondering with, with this offseason, with no preseason, would, would that affect, uh, you know, injuries and all that. But, man, alive, week two. Uh, that's kind of one of the first things that comes to my mind is that that might be a weekend where a lot of teams' uh, fortunes for this season uh, might have changed on a dime because of all the injuries that occurred. But also, what the hell was Atlanta doing? Uh, that That's the other thing that, that comes to mind in Week 2. Uh, up big against the Dallas Cowboys, right? Up big against the Dallas Cowboys. Mike McCarthy's probably already sweating, thinking, really, i got to start off my tenure as Dallas Cowboys coach with everybody picking us to go to the Super Bowl, and I'm going to be 0-2, and my defense can't stop anything. And somehow... The Cowboys won that because Atlanta apparently doesn't know how to recover an onside football. They played it like it was hot potato within the 10 yards. You guys can cover the ball. You can, you can jump on it when it doesn't go 10 yards if you're the receiving team. Good Lord. I mean, I don't, you know, I've never played pro football. I've never played in the NFL. I don't know what goes through the mind. I mean, sometimes... You know, in that high-pressure situation, a lot is on the line. You don't want to screw up. You, you know, you don't want to be that guy that, uh, I guess, touches it, then causes maybe a fumble, and then Dallas gets the ball. But when you're boxing out like an NBA defender, what do you got plenty of time to, to get on there and jump it on that ball? I have no idea what the hell Atlanta was thinking. No idea what the hell Atlanta was thinking. Talk about a debacle. You know, the Falcons, they're going to be remembered by, um, you know, for, for at least maybe this decade. Well, I guess it's a new decade, isn't it? But at least within the first 20 years of 2000 to have two of the most epic collapses of all time. 28-3 to in the Super Bowl and what we just saw against the Cowboys on Sunday. That 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 That's ridiculous. Dan Quinn, head coach of Atlanta, he's got two of those on his resume right now. Uh, we're going to be talking about some uh, coaches here in, in, in a hot second here too, but that that's not what you want on your resume. I have no idea what Atlanta was doing, and it cost them the game, and it cost them to go 0-2. Their offense is putting up numbers. They put up numbers against Seattle in week one, 
but they can't do anything on defense with a defensive-minded head coach. It, it, no, I, I don't get it. And, you know, speaking of Dan Quinn, you know, now it's kind of like, the, I don't know if a coach will get fired during season this year with, with everything kind of going on in, in the world and that. But, I mean, I think we've got our list of three right now that are probably feeling it the most uh, in terms of their seat getting hot. Dan Quinn's got to be on there. Uh, Adam Gase, he's got to be on that list. I mean, wh- what the Jets are just a, a debacle. They're a debacle over there. It, it's awful. Well, I mean, they, you trade away Jamal Adams because he doesn't want to be there. You, you got a quarterback that you think is your franchise quarterback. Now you have no idea what he is because the offense is horrible. The whole team is horrible. It, it's just a mess with the Jets. Unreal. And then with uh, the Detroit Lions, up early again. That seems to be the M.O. of the Detroit Lions. You, you go up early on teams, but you can never, ever, ever close them out. It's unreal. Matt Patricia's got to be, I mean, they, they were pretty much given, you know, if you remember the last uh, offseason, pretty much given the, the ultimatum by the owner, hey, we need to see improvement. So you're kind of on a one-year deal. You're 0-2 now, and you just blew two leads. Detroit easily could be 2-0 right now. Instead, they're 0-2. They go out to these big leads, and then they crumble. It, it, it's mind-boggling. It's not just this. It's It's been like this for for a few seasons now for Detroit. So, I mean, you're Dan Quinn, you're Adam Gase, and you're Matt Patricia. Your seat's got to be getting really, really warm at this point. I mean, yeah. Talk about you. You look at the lines. They made you know the playoffs a couple times with Stafford, and and when they had Calvin Johnson there. I mean, they were so quick to move on from Jim Caldwell. They were so antsy to move on from Jim Caldwell, the new regime, the new uh, the new general manager Quinn over there. So quick to move on from him, trying to bring the Patriot way to Detroit. You move on from Caldwell. How has that been going? Hmm, not not that great. And the Jets, I mean, I don't get the the love affair for Adam Gase because Peyton Manning likes him. So, you know, let's all go goo-goo-gaga over Adam Gase because Peyton Manning likes him. I get Peyton Manning gives him endorsements and, and job, you know, job endorsements and all that, but, I mean, come on. When is enough enough? Because he worked with Peyton in Denver. He made Jay Cutler look average or serviceable in Chicago. So he gets two jobs right away. And teams were, it seemed like a few were clamoring for him after the Dolphins let him go. Uh, I don't get that one. And then Dan Quinn, I think it's just one of those that's run its course. It's just one of those that that it's ran its course in in Atlanta. So right now, I think those are the three head coaches. I mean, it's only two weeks into the season, but you know, Dan Quinn was already kind of riding on a hot seat. Matt Patricia was already riding on a hot seat. Adam Gase, what he's in his uh, second year here. He's got his buddy at general manager, but I mean, that is just a shit show with the Jets right now. It's it's awful. Those three easily on the hottest of hot seats right now. If you're already taking a look at it for 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 uh, for coaches getting let go, which I think with those three, it's it's kind of easy to see. Uh, but speaking of the NFC West, I mentioned the NFC West a little bit earlier with, uh, with with the 49ers and them just getting banged up with with injuries. Jimmy G, George Kittle, Bosa, 
uh, Thomas, left and right. Uh, they're one and one right now, but I mean, you're looking at the NFC West now. At the beginning of the season, I thought the NFC West was, uh, at least on paper, before the game started, the best division in football. You had Seattle, you had San Francisco coming off the Super Bowl, you had the Rams two years ago representing uh, the NFC in the Super Bowl, and then I was always I, I was intrigued with Arizona. What kind of team were they going to be? They bring in Hopkins, they have Larry Fitz, second year under Kyler Murray. Uh, Drake at running back. They had intriguing pieces on that on that roster, so I was always I was that was kind of that one team that I was going to keep kind of keep an eye on. And right now the Cardinals have been super impressive, um, and then you've got the Rams who I'm impressed with as well the, the way they're going out and playing these games with their offense two and zero. Russell Wilson's the early favorite for MVP. You know Seattle's sitting there at two and zero, and the 49ers, the banged up 49ers, are in last in the division right now, but they're one and one. But they're in some trouble with some of their injuries going on right now. But this NFC West is super impressive. And I, I know in, I think, one of my first podcasts of the season, I was always hesitant. Uh, or I made the comment I was hesitant on picking three teams from one division to go to the playoffs. And I know that they added, you know, the one the one extra spot, the one extra playoff spot uh, for each conference this year. And I was always kind of leery too because how many times would, would those division teams beat up on each other? You know, would they kind of almost cancel them each other out? You, you're probably going to get two, but three, it's it, it can get, kind of get a little hard. Um, but you look at that NFC West, and you're looking at uh, how the Rams are playing. Cardinals are playing with a lot of confidence. Seattle is just, I mean... We expected that, but maybe not to, to the level of what Russell Wilson's doing right now. I mean, there was, there was, I mean, Russell, it's not like Russell Wilson's coming out of nowhere and just like, oh my goodness, he's just chucking the ball all over the place. He's freaking amazing right now. It's the way that they're like committed to it. You, you think of Seattle as pound, 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 pass, run, 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 pass, pound, pound, run, run, pass. And it's kind of the flip side with everything right now. So NFC, I, I would not be shocked to see three of those teams coming out and go into the playoffs. Unreal. It is absolutely unreal. And then, you know, speaking of the the Seattle, you know, they just barely beat the Patriots, stopping Cam Newton at the one-yard line. You know, I know we're never, ever, ever supposed to doubt Bill Belichick, okay? But, I mean, come on. Look at at the offseason that the Patriots had. Like, half their team opted out of playing this year. Brady leaves. Uh, they bring in Cam Newton when nobody seemed like they wanted Cam Newton. Uh, they've got Edelman, but that's about it for receiving. Who the hell do they even got playing tight ends? And, you know, half their defense is gone. They, they do have the reigning defensive player of the year with Gilmore and all that. But, you know, this was supposed to be the year that Buffalo finally, you know, knocks off the Patriots and uh, – you know, maybe the Patriots are tanking for, for Lawrence to, to be the new franchise quarterback. Nope. I mean, I know the Patriots still lost against Seattle, but I, Cam Newton looks like an MVP candidate. New England doesn't look like they're going to be the pushover that we all thought, that this team that's like, oh, watch, you know, New England. <laughs> what? They're just going to get lucky. They're going to get Trevor Lawrence in the draft, and then it'll be back to New England supremacy again. Shit. I mean... New England looks like New England. <laughs> Cam Newton's found like the he's been rejuvenated under Josh McDaniels in that offense over there. I mean, it's why 
Why? <laughs> Why did we ever just like sit there and die? I get it's only two games and a lot have to be played out, but I mean, has there been anything that we have seen from the Patriots that's going to show that, hey, they're not making the playoffs this year, especially in the AFC? I mean, Ravens and Chiefs, Steelers have looked good. Uh, they're going to be in there. Um, and then, you know, you got to, the somebody has to come out of the AFC South, and right now it's the Titans uh, leading that division there. But, I mean, with the extra wild card spot now, if I could change it, I probably would put the Patriots back into playoffs. I mean, good Lord. Well, never, never. When are we going to learn our lesson to never doubt Bill Belichick? When are we ever going to listen? How many times, how many years in a row now have we kind of been there and be like, nah, don't, don't doubt him, don't. Well, really, this year? Bringing in Cam Newton after missing all of last year with an injury, nobody wanted him. Now that you know you're bringing in a completely different style of quarterback than what uh, Tom Brady was, everybody's opting out. No weapons around him. Shit. Never, ever doubt Bill Belichick again, Dan, and anybody listening to this. As I'm staring on my at, on my bookshelf, the Ian O'Connor Belichick book, which is amazing if you guys haven't read it. But th- that's the thing too that I don't really like about biographies I don't like them when they're written when the player or the coach or that person is still like doing what they're famous for so like to me it's not a complete biography yet because Belichick is still coaching I mean if Belichick does stuff with Cam Newton and does like these amazing things and (laughs) who the hell knows when's another Super Bowl without Brady I mean that that's like two chapters left to his legacy right there that's kind of the one thing, not to get off on a tangent, but that's always kind of been one thing I've always been, uh, I don't know, bugged about with like biographies and that. I was like, but what if there's more? What if what if something else happens? What There's got to be more to the story if they're still there. And, well, there definitely is when it comes to Belichick, for crying out loud. Jeez. Um, what other stuff from, from week two? We covered Dallas. We covered Atlanta. Patriots. Coaches. The NFC West. Injuries. Packers offense, uh, <laughs> number one, number two offense in the league, number one rushing offense in the uh, in, in the NFL for anybody. And I don't know if there's anybody, but I'm sure there's some smart people out there that are now thinking or are now saying on, on the socials, wherever, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Friendster, if that thing is still around. I don't know what the hell Friendster is. But, I mean, if... There's anybody out there saying that the Packers don't need Aaron Rodgers because of their running game. I mean, I don't want anybody to say, well, see, they're they're number one in the NFL in rushing. They don't they don't need Aaron Rodgers. Just give it to Aaron or Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and get AJ Dillon in there. They got Swervin Irvin, Tyler Irvin over there. They they don't need to be paying Aaron Rodgers that contract. They can just have an average quarterback or a young guy in there and you know, they still win games because they're the number one rushing team. Stop it. If they're if you're if you're one of those listening right now and you had that mindset, stop it. Because yeah, the reason why, or one of the reasons why, I'll, I'll tell you why the Packers offense is number one in rushing right now. I'll tell you why the Packers offense is number one in rushing right now. One, yes, the talent of Aaron Jones and their running backs. Number two, their offensive line is doing a hell of a job of opening up some lanes and holes 
for the running backs. Their offensive line, for all the shuffling they're doing essentially on the right side, they're doing a hell of a job right now. Three, it's the scheme slash play calling. Sticking with the running game, committed to the running game. The scheme of getting big plays in the running game. Fourth is Aaron Rodgers. Fourth is Aaron Rodgers because teams still respect the hell out of Aaron Rodgers. And when they saw in week one him and Devontae Adams lighting it up, they're respecting Aaron Rodgers. They're respecting the passing game incorporating with, with, with Devontae Adams there too. So the reason why the running game is so good is because of the threat of Aaron Rodgers too. You take Aaron Rodgers out of the equation and you put in Tim Boyle, Jordan Love, teams instantly do not respect the passing offense of the Green Bay Packers and will load up the box. They'll put not just eight men in there. They'll probably put nine men in there. You ain't got a quarterback that can chuck it, or you can't. You ain't got a quarterback that's going to be able to get it to Devontae or the receivers or, or fit those tight spots. The threat of the passing game is out of the window, and then down goes the performance of the running game. I know there's 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 got to be some group of people out there that are using this this ranking now. Like, wow, uh, uh, an Aaron Rodgers team is number one in rushing. That that means that they're overpaying for him, and you know maybe they should move on and and all. That's just stop. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a part of the reason, and it's a big part of the reason why this Packers offense is number one in rushing. No question about it. No question about it. I got a little animated with this podcast. I know it's a little bit shorter, but this week has just been crazy, peeps. Um, and I just used the word peeps. Uh, but this week's been crazy, so I apologize. A little bit later, uh, a little bit shorter. Got a little animated. Got a little loose lips there, too. But, hey, we're in the man cave, and literally in the man cave recording this right now. My man cave. Um, but, um, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Uh, before you guys shut this off, though, uh, and don't shut it off from what I'm about to tell you right now. If you are not subscribing to the podcast, make sure you're subscribing so you never, ever, ever miss another episode. But more important, another important thing, please rate the podcast so other people can find it. Uh, tell your friends about it. Tell your family about it. Tell your unborn children about it. Um, we're available on all the favorite podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, you name it, we're there. So check it out, Man Cave Football Podcast. Rate it, make it a good rating. Don't be a jerk, um, and then you know pass along to to your peeps. But uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode, week three of the NFL season. It's here. We got some good games. We got uh, you know Cowboys Seahawks. I, I don't know what the hell to expect from the Cowboys. Uh, can that defense stop anybody right now? Packers Saints. Is it going to be the revenge uh, game of Drew Brees? And when I say revenge, because everybody's been talking about Drew Brees and he's hitting the wall and he's declining and all that. So, you know, is is he going to come out and just, like, shut people up? Or will the Packers uh, continue their impressive start to the season? And then you got uh, Chiefs and Ravens. Chiefs barely surviving against uh, against the the, the uh, Chargers. Speaking of which, Chargers, that, what a crazy situation on that. I mean, you know, coaches don't like to say that you, players can lose their job because of injury. Tyrod Taylor got accidentally, uh, well, the team doc injected him with a painkiller, accidentally punctured his lung. He's going to be out for a few weeks. Herbert, the, the rookie, goes out there and plays extremely well. Well, Taylor, he didn't even get hurt on the field. He got hurt from the team doc. He might be losing his job. How ridiculous is that? You, you feel for the guy. 
just a crazy story. But uh, anyways, Charger, or, uh, Chiefs and Ravens uh, coming up on Monday night too. Finally, a decent Monday night game to to kind of you know circle on your calendar and make sure you're watching that thing. So uh, again, this is the Man Cave Football Podcast coming to you from my man cave. I'm Dan Casper. Mm-hmm.